0: What's going on, crew? Today we're talking about the unspoken cost of type 1 diabetes. No, we're not talking about insulin or devices or any financial cost, but rather a mental cost. And I'll tell you, I wanted to title this episode The Psychological Warfare Behind Type 1 Diabetes, but I think the unspoken cost sums it up well. With this invisible illness and a bit more into what we decide to do with our blood sugar so i got a whole story for you today's lesson talk about what's impacting your blood sugar results that you might not quite catch on to at the surface level and how you can fix that before we get into it though our theme song now and I'll kick into it All right, crew. So uh, last week, I had an interesting situation with my diabetes devices where they were not working as intended. Uh, in fact, I'm going to pop up a, a screenshot right here of one of my devices kicking up, and if you're listening, it says LOW, or low, which means that you're at 40 or below for a blood sugar, and double arrows down. And this happened when I was asleep. So I woke up to a crazy, urgent, low blood sugar alert said, low, you're going to die, right? Uh, whenever it reads low, double arrows down, you know, you're in trouble or you know, it's malfunctioning. And in this case, it was in fact, malfunctioning, uh, you know, woken up in a sheer panic, went to double check my blood sugar, did a finger stick and lo and behold, I was at 110. I was fine. So, you know, let it correct itself. went back to bed, but then it actually happened multiple nights in a row. Uh, and this, this device of mine is supposed to help me sleep more peacefully. Now, it was actually waking me up two, three times in a night with false lows, can't get readings, Bluetooth signal loss, you know, all these different things. Uh, and these hours of sleep are precious to me because as a parent of a one-year-old, I don't sleep a ton anyways. And so with what sleep I can get, can't have my diabetes devices making it more difficult to get sleep, you know, can I? So as a result, uh, I went to, a or I got to a place where I started losing confidence in that sensor. Turns out it was a bad sensor. And uh, before dinner one night, it was just all over the place. You're high, you're low, you're good. You're high, you're high, you're low. And it was like, okay, how much insulin should I be giving? What's my pre bolus time actually look like? Right? Uh, Because I could not trust my diabetes devices. And so it led into this. Uh, This uncertainty, this fear surrounding these mysterious fluctuations of blood sugars, though, of course, we know they weren't actually fluctuating by 100 points in five minutes. That was just my CGM uh, having some difficulty getting a reading. Now, in that process, I had made the decision to remove my sensor, put a new one on. You know what? This thing is is giving me anxiety just having it on, (laughs) and I can't rely on these numbers anyway, so let's just pull it off. I pulled the sensor off sure enough the wire that reads the interstitial fluid for blood sugars was bent at a right angle not ideal for a device that reads blood sugars uh, and it delivers them to you so thankfully pulling it out was a good choice but in doing so i restarted the whole warm-up period right so now i had to wait two hours for my blood sugars to kick back on so in the meantime i had to rely on finger sticks which as uh, the last couple of days had been a bit rough I had already gotten back into the habit of finger sticking to double check on what the CGM was giving me right but there's this second level of anxiety when we have uncertainty surrounding our numbers right there's the first level of I have uncertainty surrounding blood sugars in general like I don't know what they're doing (laughs) I don't know why they're going up and down for most people that's the the range they're stuck in the second phase though is I know what blood sugars are doing but my devices aren't quite reading properly. And so I don't know what my blood sugars are doing. Like I would know, but I don't. And as a result, it, it left me in this weird place where, you know, I knew what my blood sugars were at. You know, I did my finger sticks. I knew where they were going to go because I've, of course, used the 80-20 blood sugar formula for my own lifestyle. Uh, but having the uncertainty with the devices left me with some doubt. And it was really interesting because even though I knew my blood sugars were fine. I had been finger sticking every five to ten minutes for like 30 minutes because I was so nervous with the fluctuations showing on the graph, right? I was like, is it actually high? Nope. Finger stick says I'm good. Is it actually low? Nope. Finger stick says I'm good. So my fingers are getting calloused again by this point. But it left me with this, this uh uncertain feeling inside of well, if the device is showing up and down, up and down, up and down, and I've been trusting this device for years at this point why am I supposed to not trust it now? Right. And it was like this cognitive dissonance that I had where uh, even though I knew the CGM was reading incorrectly, seeing it say double arrows down low or rapid drop, you know, low glucose predicted in 30 minutes and all these different warnings that I was getting still kind of induced some uh, uneasy feelings to say the least. <laughs> where I was getting nervous about my blood sugars, even though the finger sticks that I was fine. And this brings up a whole new conversation, something that didn't exist years ago. And that is that now we've kind of developed this dependency on our devices, right? We expect to have blood sugars every five minutes. And a lot of people that I talk to when we have that two hour warm up period is the most anxious we feel all week or every two weeks, right? Where we're like, Oh, I don't have a constant. Barrage of information surrounding my blood sugars. I don't have the trending lines. I don't have the previous history. I don't know what's going on and I'm nervous now. And it's completely normal to feel that way. We've built this dependency on our devices, but I also want to draw attention to this as the unspoken cost of type one diabetes, right? No one talks about the mental health game. And unfortunately, that has a massive impact on our decision making processes surrounding our blood sugar management. Now, what do I mean by that? I'll give you an exact example because it happened to me. (laughs) That night when I turned my sensor off, the last reading that I saw was rapid glucose drop at 89. Now the previous blood sugar was 129, I think it was. Uh, So I thought I was fine. I knew I was fine. I had been finger sticking this whole time. All of the readings were between 125 and 135 on my finger stick. But on the CGM, the last reading I saw was an arrow down at 89 milligrams per deciliter so as far as i know maybe the cgm knew something that i didn't maybe i was dropping rapidly and my my glucometer just didn't pick it up yet right <laughs> like um, all these thoughts are going through my head like was that real was it not i'm i'm 99 sure that that was a false reading and that was just the last one it had before it crapped out on me right but then i have the logical side but i finger stick even though it said 89 with an arrow down it showed 125 the next time, right? I'm like, ooh, maybe 129 to 125 means that it is dropping. And I'm about to go into a, a fast drop, right? And it's like, no, come on, Matt. Like you're, you're visually seeing the numbers on your glucometer, but you want to trust your CGM so badly that now you're, you're building all this anxiety up surrounding your blood sugars. And for me personally, like currently, it was still an uneasy experience to deliver a large bolus for dinner because as far as I could tell, right? Yeah, yes, the finger sticks are one story, but the CGM showed a rapid drop heading towards an urgent low. And from that moment, I'm supposed to just deliver a massive bolus, right? So in my head, I had this, this decision to make and I knew what the decision would be, of course, but uh, it still felt like it was a decision to make, which is I it, my graph shows I'm about to go low. And I should not be delivering a large dose of insulin before I fix this low. Yet I knew it was false, and I had to deliver the dose, the dose anyways. I was so nervous, and <laughs> it felt so silly. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I even told my wife, "It's like I feel so stupid right now because I know, based on my finger sticks, blood sugars are fine." I even washed my hands to make sure it wasn't like sugar on my fingers that gave me a false good reading, right? That I wasn't actually low. I probably tested like five different times before I gave that dose, and I told her, I feel absolutely silly, because I'm nervous surrounding what was a false low, but I've I've trusted it for so long that uh, I now don't want to give this dinner time dose until I have my Dexcom back on, my readings back on, right, and so ultimately, I was like, you know what, finger stick, finger stick, finger stick, <laughs> I think I did it three more times, and it was consistent, right, 125, 128, 134, 127, and I was like, it's somewhere around 130. I am fine. Okay. Just got to do it. And it was literally a moment of like bravery where I was like, deliver the dose. Right. And from there it was like, okay, I think I'm fine. Like I, I need to convince myself that I'm fine. Logically understand you tested your blood sugars. You are fine. Right. But because I had seen that drop, I was nervous to give that dose. Now, that is a a shot into my life. You guys now have that. I'm being vulnerable with you. I was actually nervous for that, and I felt silly because of it, but that was the reality of the situation. Mentally, I saw something that could have posed a threat, right? My brain is having a hard time delivering the insulin in the, the face of that threat. Now, the unspoken cost of type 1 diabetes, this psychological warfare that we face consistently every single day, doesn't just surround our devices, does it? it also surrounds our blood sugar management if blood sugars are spiking and you don't know why do you just look at it and you're like oh okay no most of the time you're like gosh dang it what happened <laughs> i i didn't count my carbs right i guess or like is the insulin working is my sight bad am i stressed out all these different factors come to mind we start checking our checklist right why is it spiking alternatively if you're just hanging out with friends or family or whatever it is And out of nowhere, you hear your alerts go off, or maybe you just feel kind of off. You check your blood sugars and you're tanking. You know, you drop in at 40, right? You get scared, get nervous. Or maybe some of you don't get scared and you're just ironclad stoics. And like, uh, I get frustrated, right? But at the very least, it has an impact on you where it's like, gosh, dang it, man. Why is this happening to me? And we get frustrated with that. It's the mysterious fluctuations in our diabetes that, it kind of brings us down, right? It, it adds a level of uncertainty, of mysteriousness to our day where we don't know what's going to happen every single day of our lives. You could live the exact same day, multiple days in a row, and still have a level of uncertainty surrounding your blood sugars, which means a certain level of uncertainty surrounding your routines, your schedules, your day, right? Because if you go low in the middle of a, a scheduled or routine appointment, or maybe you're with friends, that has to stop. For you to treat your low your day is now changed because of your blood sugars and that's annoying right at the very least it's annoying so understanding that the psychological component of type 1 diabetes having an impact on our day on our decisions on how we function as human beings and how we get through our days is a a real conversation to be had and i want to take it one step further uh, and and bring to you the truth behind my story (laughs) the the full vulnerability and openness and transparency uh, it didn't just stop at me being quote unquote brave and delivering that dose even though the last reading i saw said that i was headed towards an urgent low right it wasn't just like (laughs) deliver the dose (sighs) okay i'm at peace now because i have delivered this dose no i actually continued being a little bit nervous Right. Because in the back of my head, the last number that I saw was an 89 with an arrow down, which made me feel a little bit nervous about where it could be going. Right. And so as a result, I did not wait the full pre bonus timing. That's right. My emotions played an impact on my actions. And that disconnect is something that a lot of people don't talk about, don't even know about where our habits are influenced by our emotions, how we feel in the moment, how reactive are we to what life throws at us in that moment. So as a result, ate my food a little bit too early, a little bit too fast. There was a, a little bit of, uh, I don't even know, I guess uncertainty is the best way to put it. Where I was like, ugh, I know what to expect. I know I counted my carbs and all this stuff and I did my finger sticks, but my actions did not follow with what my plan was, which was a full pre-bolus standard meal, right? As a result, my blood sugars did skyrocket like badly (laughs) it was a rough one uh shot way past 200 uh to the point where i was like "Ooh, this could be a rough night like i might be getting multiple corrections to bring this one back down and all of that boils back down to me being nervous because of a number that i saw that i knew was incorrect so this psychological warfare that ring consistently we can limit, yes. You know, the di- Diabetes devices, we can never be 100% certain behind those. It's, there's always going to be a margin of error, right? It's, that's deemed appropriate. But we can reduce the nerves, the frustration, the mysteries behind our blood sugars themselves if we understand our blood sugars on a deeper level. See, for years, I had no idea why blood sugars went up and down other than insulin and carbs. I thought that was the entire puzzle. So whenever I went high, I was like, oh, that's so weird. I just, I guess I didn't take enough insulin for that meal. Whenever I'd go low, I'd be like, oh, I guess I took too much insulin for that meal. Unbeknownst to me, there's exercise, there's different types of meals like fats and proteins you got to count, there's stress, there's dehydration, there's lack of sleep, there's all sorts of things that can impact our insulin sensitivity versus our insulin resistance. We find the balance between the two. There's so much to consider. Now that's not something you're gonna learn overnight. It's not going to happen. However, there are ways to learn that faster depending on what your goals are. So if your goal is merely to survive, just cut the episode, you can leave. (laughs) You got the info you needed for today. But if you're like me and you're like, I don't want to deal with this psychological warfare. Behind type one diabetes, the unspoken cost. I don't want to give up my mental peace, you know, just so I can uh, survive. That's not worth it. The quality of life isn't there, right? I want to find the balance between health and happiness, and have both coexist. How nice would that be? So, if you want to accomplish that, you are going to have to put some work in. This will be the bearer of bad news. There's research to be done on yourself, right? Because we're all different. We all have different diabetes fluctuations. As a result, our hormones are all different as well. Uh, Well, to a certain extent, you get the point. But what I want you to understand is that this research doesn't have to be done by yourself. Uh, I I didn't know that. I did it all on my own until I met some amazing collaborators I was able to to have conversations with but you don't have to do it by yourself there's books out there there's courses there's google though I would be very cautious with where you search because there's a lot of conflicting information out there as well however behind all of this anxiety depression fear frustration all these negative emotions and feelings and even in some cases condition you know panic disorder and all these these things that'll bring you down there's some awareness that needs to be had to look at your current situation and ask yourself where is this rooted right Uh, for me a lot of times i find that my fears my anxiety are rooted in previous experiences so you may know that i've had a few experiences where diabetes almost took my life you know low blood sugars in different countries even in my own city that i grew up in Uh, sometimes where i was ignorant sometimes where i was reckless sometimes where Diabetes was just diabetes as far as I knew, right? I didn't know all all that I do now, but if you realize that it is tied to experiences, one thing you can do is to find certainty in the blood sugars to assign labels to understand why those things happened, right? Like if I had an extreme low blood sugar, if I can figure out why that low happened, I'm now able to empower myself to avoid in the future and as a secondary benefit, control the fears behind that event. Right, where if i was fearful because i had a low it's mysterious that fear remains because it's mysterious it could happen at any time and that's why i'm scared right but if that low happened and i know it was because oops i took too much insulin well now it just means i got to count my carbs a little bit more closely (laughs) you know and not take too much insulin now it's not always going to be that simple but i hope you can understand the idea that if you can apply certainty to your fears, to your previous experiences, it allows us to then plan ahead and logically convince ourselves, hey, it's gonna be okay, right? We've done the homework, we understand the assignment, and now we can apply this to our lifestyle. So if I'm scared of a a low that happened during a soccer game, I can look at that and go, oh, right, soccer activity, that led me to going low because I had insulin on board. So next time I play soccer, I'm gonna try not to have insulin on board, boom. Fear reduced, and fear might not be gone, but it's reduced, right? So, what I wanted to share with you guys today, ultimately, is the psychological warfare. The, the unspoken cost of type one diabetes is your mental health, and if you aren't going to put effort into controlling that, into uh, understanding your diabetes, the mental health aspect is going to maintain. It's going to it's going to stick around for a very long time. And I'm somebody who can tell you this from personal experience, as last week. I still had a hard time when I thought that I was at risk of going into a severe low uh, and it, it severely impacted my habits, my actions, and it led into a very high blood sugar. That's because my mental game was a little bit off, right? So if you're looking to fix that, do your research, get curious about why your blood sugar is doing what they're doing. And like I said, there's ways you can do this, not alone. There's books, there's courses, there's online searches, there's groups all over the place but if you're someone who's like i just want the clear-cut path i don't want to do all this research and waste my time potentially finding like conflicting answers just give me the the one path straightforward what we've got going on might be helpful to you and you'll have to go decide on your own i'm not here to tell you what to do but if you want a clear-cut path to more time and range which means more consistent blood sugars in a healthy range so that you can limit The uncertainty, limit the frustrations. And if you're somebody who realized that a lot of the fears are surrounding uncertainty in your numbers, where you're like, man, I'm just scared because I don't know when the next low is going to happen. I'm just frustrated because sometimes it spikes after meals and sometimes it doesn't. If your fears and frustrations are rooted in the uncertainty of your numbers and it, it feels like blood sugars are mysterious, this is going to be critical for you to get an understanding of. And it's your time and range stability. And that one factor we are honing in on. We actually figured out how to get our clients to 90% or greater. Figured out which pieces are the most important in order to fast track that. And we're spending some time going through that over a five-day challenge. And you can register for that at fixmybloodsugars.com. You're going to go there, register for it. You get access. You jump in. Bunch of other people who are doing the same thing. And that's the power behind it, is that all of us are in this thing together. People are already supporting each other, commenting, asking questions, getting feedback, and most importantly, getting the correct guidance to assign labels and meaning to what happened in the past so that we can fix it, right? Fix my blood sugars, that's where it came from, fix it, and then set ourselves up for success in the future, in the absence, or at the very least, in the restriction of fear in the limitation of fear. We don't want to live our lives in fear and anxiety, depression, frustration. I want to live my life freely. I wonder if you do too. So if you find that a lot of the fears and uncertainties are in the blood sugar numbers and not knowing how or why they're doing what they're doing, I want you to go to fixmybloodsugars.com. There's an S on the end of that. It's plural. Yeah. (laughs) FixMyBloodSugars.com, you register for that. I'm actually teaching those courses, uh, those those live lessons myself, and uh, we've got our team in there as well doing some fun stuff. So think about that. The psychological impact that diabetes has on you, if it's rooted in your numbers, it's time to figure the numbers out. Stop living in fear. Stop living in in this constant cycle, wondering when the next low is going to happen, when the next high might ruin a night out and get some certainty in your blood sugars and for certainty that uh, I I practice what I preach. I want you guys to check this out. This is my last week time and range. Uh, Honestly, I forget what it was. It's I'm going to throw it up on the screen after what I'm editing this. I know it's in the nineties and I can tell you that confidently because it's been in the 90 percentages for the last three years. Uh, So it probably says something in the 90s. (laughs) It's probably 91, 93, somewhere in there. Uh, And that's the level of confidence and certainty I want you guys to have, just to know that your blood sugars are going to be under control. I can tell you that even before grabbing the screenshot. I know it's going to be in the 90s. And uh, the fact that I can say that without even knowing what it is means that I would have to scrap this whole episode if it wasn't in the 90s. So whatever it says, I I know it's in the 90s that's what I want for you. I want you to be able to get into the 90 percentages and know why so you can do it again and again and again, right? So uh, all that info and more is over at fixmybloodsugars.com. I uh, hope you join us. It's going to be a blast with everybody in there. We're already gearing up to, uh, to make some big life improvements. So I uh, hope this one was helpful for you. I hope you understand that you're not the only person that has anxiety, fear, or thinks that they might be silly or stupid because they're fearful of something that they know they don't have to be afraid of. Like me, right? Told my wife, I feel so silly, but I'm, I'm a little bit nervous to bolus right now. <laughs> you're not the only person that has those second guesses, those thoughts of insecurity of blood sugar management. It happens to all of us, uh, but we can certainly improve our chances of blood sugars remaining smooth and being more stable when we are certain of why they do what they do. All right. So last time head over to fixmybloodsugars.com. I'll see you guys over there and keep up the fight.